Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello, everybody. Good morning and welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai, and I have with me again today, Derek Tai. What a privilege, right? <laughs> what a privilege for us that you're joining us I'm again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> privilege to be on your show, yes. Yes, so I'm excited that you're here today, and I think we've got a great show for everybody today. We are, um, we're just going to spend the whole time talking, and you guys just get to listen to oh, us. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, actually, all this page of notes in front of me, I would say probably that's not going to happen. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, we are just going to spend a lot of time talking. It's a good thing that I like to talk or there'd be no podcast. I'm glad I get to sit here and look <laughs> at you for an hour. Great. So, um, yeah, so we actually do have a lot to talk about today. So we've got a few different subjects we're going to try to squeeze into this one because there's been a few things kind of hanging out there that people keep asking about. And, um, again, that's kind of the theme. I get several people ask about the same type of things, and then I try to squeeze them into to a couple of podcasts. So that's what we're going to do with this one. And they'll, um, it'll mostly just be uh, just good, interesting things I think that people uh, in general have questions about when it comes to the keto lifestyle. Sounds good. I'm ready to start whenever you are. Yeah. Well, I think maybe the first thing that we can kind of start with is um, the keto lifestyle in general. Yep. And like our, uh, how our family eats, I get questions about that all the time. How do you, how do you eat? What is your, you know, what do you, what are you eating? What's your diet look like? What, a, how about your family? How do you keep your kids keto? That kind of thing. Why don't, why don't we go through kind of a, kind of a general week of kind of the main kind of, cause most families probably fall into like five or six meals they eat pretty mm -hmm. often or maybe more for some families. But I feel like when I grew up, we always had like four or five staple meals and we mm -hmm. ate those every week and we just never thought about it. It was just the way it was. Yeah. And there's probably about five to 10 that we do as a family that mm -hmm. are pretty typical. Mm -hmm. And then you have variations between who gets to eat them. Yeah. Depending on gluten-free or not, <laughs> right. keto or not, that kind of thing. Right. So, but I think the average person is like, man, this sounds so much work. I mean, you do spend a fair amount of time in the kitchen. Yeah. I spend a lot of time in the kitchen, but I actually, I really love it though. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you enjoy it. It's yeah. not like a, I mean, so some people just hate cooking. So I yeah. can understand that this would be a tough uh, lifestyle for somebody unless they're hiring a chef or mm -hmm. unless they're keeping their food cho choices very simple, maybe doing one or a couple of days of food prep. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, you kind of have to love, uh, you kind of have to love cooking, I think, a little bit at least to yeah. do all the kind of stuff that you do for five people, for me, you. I think, and yeah, all that. that's the key because I think if you were doing this lifestyle on your own or maybe just you and your husband, it might be, or maybe a single mom or single dad with like one kid, it might not be that difficult to, you know, you don't have to cook a lot and you, you could do a lot of, um, meal prep in the beginning of the week, that type of thing. But for a family, you know, I hear, I do hear a lot of people in the keto world talking about meal prep and they, on social media, they post about meal prep. And I'm like, really, if you, if I, if I meal prepped the beginning of the week, I, I mean, literally, I don't even think it could be done. No, like you don't for have, seven not people. That much volume. We, we'd have to have three freezers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's well, I mean, we have three refrigerators. I still don't think I could do it. I mean, yeah. literally, I don't think I could do it. Like there would just be not enough room. It would be, it would just be so. It would take so much time, and there, I, I just, I can't imagine. So, but if you had a smaller family, you probably could do some meal prepping like that, or you could make, you know, one meal and then carry that over for the next day, and then maybe use leftovers for that to create another meal on the third day. So there's things like that that you could do. But when you get into a little bit bigger family, like maybe four plus people, it gets harder and harder and harder to do that. Yeah, so. I'd say too, I think a lot of people that are working very early to late, then they're coming home and they've got kids there. 
uh, and they're trying to, you know, make that quick meal. So I think that's where the meal prep probably comes in more yeah. too, is so they don't have to sit there and try to do like a pot yeah. roast. Or, well, and sometimes I'll meal prep the day of or the day before yeah. where, you know, I'll, I'll have something set out or I'll have something ready to, to drop in the crock pot when I walk out the door. That kind of meal prepping is different than I'm talking about the meal prepping where, you know, people are taking like a Sunday evening to make their meals for the week. Right. I know what that means. Well, so let's talk about uh, fast food. I guess a lot of times, you know, if you're not out with people and you're not, uh, or if you're not, if you're not home with your family and you've got to eat on the road, what are some good kind of keto or healthier lifestyle choice meals to eat while you're out? Yeah. And I think that this is a good one. And it's a, I think it's one that, um, we can go two different ways on this. There's, there's kind of the camp that's like, oh yeah, that's perfectly fine. I'm just, I mean, I'll just eat keto every single day at McDonald's and that's great. And then you've got the other camp that's on the other side. That's like, that's, you know, you, that's crazy. Like that's, you can't do that. Like that's not keto and, and that's, that's not right. And that's heresy basically. <laughs> like you because can't. Because you're not eating organic. Right, and, right. And farm to table. And, and, and I definitely fall somewhere in between. I'm definitely middle of the road on this. I'm very neutral about it as far as knowing that like as a, for us, we, we don't do it very often. Um, because right now we don't have a lot of sports going on. We, we kind of have a little bit of a, of a quieter schedule for us. So for right now, we haven't really had to do a lot of that, but I do know that when our schedules get busier and you know, if you're a busy family, sometimes you, you know, you've got parents coming home from work and then you've got soccer practice in an hour and you're trying to figure out how am I going to get dinner, get these kids dressed, get homework done, get them out the door. Cause then when they come back from soccer practice, I got to get them in the bath and I got to get them ready for school the next day. And so you start thinking about this and there is no time sometimes to make dinner or you may have like for us with five kids, we may have five places we need to get those kids to because they may all have a practice or an event or whatever that they have to go to. So in those kinds of situations, you know, I don't think there's any shame at all in running through whatever fast food place you need to to get some food into your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't, you, it's very easy to make swaps at these places. Um, most burger places like McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, those types of places, most of them now will actually give you, of course, they'll give it to you bunless. You can just order it bunless and they'll give you your burger mm-hmm. or whatever you want with no bun. Um, and many of them now actually offer lettuce wraps. So they will give it to you on a lettuce wrap. I know some places like uh, the Witch Witch Sandwich um, mm-hmm. Shop, they always offer it on lettuce wraps. And the place that you'd like to take me to that I've been there twice with you now, that burger place in Blue Ash. I forget oh, what it's yeah. called. Sammy's. Sammy's. Yeah. Um, I know they, that's on the menu as you can get it wrapped in, yeah. in a lettuce and wrap. It's, and it's good. Yeah. It's awesome. I and mean, that's the only way I've ever had them there. And they're, so, they're yeah, super good. And, and you can get into the debate on the quality of the ingredients of these sure. places and like, is yeah. it, is it this and is it that? So we're just basically talking about macros at this point. Right. And well, to try to get decent macros during a Yeah. Because I now. think it's still important to get the, I think it's still important to get good proteins into your kids and um and to especially if you're trying to be ketogenic and you're trying not to rely on carbs you don't want this over um this huge hit of sugar into your kids with the buns that these things come on and all this kind of thing the bad oils that the french fries are cooked in you know definitely skip the french fries those types of things now a better option of course and typically when we go to a fast food place i will get a salad and then get it topped with like some chicken or something um, that's not an optimal meal but it's certainly uh it's i in my opinion it is a little bit better than the quality of, of burgers that they're serving at those places um you know these commercially raised animals are have there's so many different reasons that they're so bad for us to be ingesting mm-hmm. period so I've got a couple things. So during the week, uh, you know, I have to eat out a lot. Uh, so A, I'll either fast because, you know, that's one thing that we kind of sometimes forget about is if you have to make a bad food choice, just don't make a food choice. Sure. It's, it's okay just to fast a meal. Like I was telling you. Which know, can for, be a little harder when you have kids, though. Well, I'm talking about for myself. Yeah, but like for, for us, out, absolutely. Yeah, if I'm out mm-hmm. and it's like, you know what, there's absolutely no good choices of what's being offered. 
maybe that's a, you know, hey, I'm just going to fast this meal mm-hmm. and give my body that little break it needs anyway. Because I think we're so programmed for this three meals a day thing. Right. It's like hard to get our brains over that. Like, oh, wait, I deserve a meal because it's lunchtime or I deserve a mm-hmm. meal because it's breakfast time. So forcing myself to fast every now and then is really not that big of a deal. Or I, I like Chipotle and I usually get mm-hmm. a salad there and I cover it with um, I like sour cream, of course, guacamole, mm-hmm. tomatoes. Um, I can put some of their veggies on there. And uh, I like the um, either steak or brisket. Mm-hmm. Uh, or actually, they don't do the brisket there. They steak or that, um, uh, what do you call the that? The pork. That barbacoa stuff. Yeah, is so, that the spicy one? It's a little. I, I always it might get it have mixed some sugar up. I like just too, the but, shredded pork. There. Yeah, I kind of don't so want to know if it has sugar or not in it. But, <laughs> but I like it. And then I'll throw that uh, in like a, it's a salad. It's huge. But that's like $13 mm-hmm. because I always get the, you know, I get both meats. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's an double expensive meat, lunch, And right? then they charge you like 2 or $3 for guac now. Yeah, they do. So, but I guess it's worth it, right? It's worth it, So right. I get that as a meal. Or I like Quadoba Grill, and I don't know how many of those around the rest of the country. But I like their flavor better than Chipotle, actually. But I get a very similar meal there. But mm-hmm. I get the brisket there because they offer that. Mm-hmm. And steak, and I get it mixed. Um, but I also, um, you know, try to find something that's got kind of those macros. I just think about the macros, and I go, okay... How can I get lots of healthy fat, healthy-ish mm-hmm. fat, and give me some, you know, veggies in there, and then very little bit of carbs mm-hmm. or no carbs at all? Right. Well, and Chipotle is a good place to do that because they do have sustainably sourced meats and pasture-raised animals and things like that. And you have to skip the rice and beans. <laughs> yes. That's the thing is I used to load up the right. rice and beans. And we all did, right? I know. Me too. Yeah. I haven't done rice and beans there in And the years. corn. I used to love the corn salsa. Yeah, those are three I don't get that things anymore. I avoid now. Yeah. So if you go to Chipotle, like Derek just said, that's an easy thing to do. You order the salad. Um, you don't get the dressing because they put sugar That's in that right dressing. Too, yeah. So you don't get the dressing. Um, I have been known to take my brain brew, um, which is an MCT oil. It's a, a C8 with me to, I, I take it everywhere, but I'll, I sometimes will add that to my Chipotle salad, but I just get the pork and then you get, like Derek said, cheese, sour cream, the tomatoes. So they're mild salsa and, um, guac and that's it. And I mean, that is a full that will fill you up. Yeah. And that's a fairly decent meal to have out. So there's lots of things like that that you can do. Um, so I, I guess the bottom line is it, it's not the end of the world to go and grab these fast food things, but just keeping in mind the quality of the meats that you are eating and nine times out of 10 is really bad quality meats. So deciding, do I really want to eat that? Can I fast that? Um, or, you know, a lot of times when we do go through and the kids, you know, the kids are growing, they're starving, they want to eat, they're hungry all the time. So, you know, yes, yes, all the time. So if we want to take them through something and they're just like, oh, we got to eat, we got to eat often, I will just wait. You know, I'm like, I'm fine to wait two, three hours later when we're done with all the activities and I'll just eat at home when I can get, you know, my quality stuff that I want. The other key to this too is, and I've learned this over the last year is, you know, if I'm going to skip a meal and fast, I need to make up those calories Mm -hmm. because I feel like probably I was doing inadvertent calorie restriction Mm -hmm. because I just would eat my normal sized meal at dinner when I skipped lunch or I would skip breakfast and lunch and go into dinner and I would just eat a normal sized meal, which was maybe a thousand or 1200 calories. And then it was like, I don't feel so like uh, energetic the next day. It's mm-hmm. like, well, my body's like, hey, you're giving me half the amount of calories it's used to. Mm-hmm. And I didn't need to be calorie restricted for any other reason. No. So. Well, and it actually plays opposite of what people think. Um, I run into this problem a lot with clients, um, especially women, because we come from this mentality because we've been told this our whole lives that if you want to lose weight, you restrict your calories and you furthermore, you work out to burn more of those calories so that you are in a calorie deficit and then you will start losing weight. And that's simple math, right? Simple math, right? Well, that works for a short period of time because your body is going to do what it can to keep you alive. So when you are restricting your calories like that, even if you're not trying to burn extra calories, but you're just restricting your calories, then your body at at some point, that may be a week, it may be two weeks, it may be two months, your body's going to go, okay, this chick has been 
in this calorie deficit or or having less calories than I feel comfortable getting. So we are going to start storing fat now because I don't know when we're going to get our next meal. She is so erratic on when she's getting food. Your body just thinks you're having a hard time getting your hands on food. Well, wouldn't it take away from uh, hormone function and Absolutely. metabolic function? Absolutely and like does. That? And that... It, it's going to start shutting other things yes, down. Yes, it does. Because you, if you're in a calorie-restricted... Yes, if you're in a calorie-restricted... Uh, place your body knows that and it knows it needs the calories for the for the imperative functions like your heart your brain your lungs your you know all these things that have to function digestive things right everything to get you to move so that you can get to the next place you need to go to so when you're restricting the things that are not essential like reproduction it'll just shut those down. It will stop sending resources to those parts of your body. You will slow down your hormone production. It will mess with your thyroid. It will mess with your adrenals. It is this huge cascade of issues. But what I have a lot of times with clients, um, not just clients that are wanting to be keto, although although that is where I see the biggest issue of this coming up, but in all my women clients in general, not all of them, but in many of them, um, it's a real battle to get them to eat enough calories because we kind of, for whatever reason, I feel like most of the women I work with, they think anywhere between like 1200 and maybe 1500 calories is ideal. And mm-hmm. that's where they should be. And Cause they heard it on some TV show. I guess like, I, I don't really know, or they just feel like maybe in the past, that's where they lost weight. And so they're like, or were able to maintain, they feel like they maintain weight. Although that doesn't last either. If you stay at the same calories, you as you age, every year that goes on, you have to restrict further and further and further to maintain that weight. That is just fact. But for whatever reason, they kind of get stuck in this in this amount. And um, you know, for for what I see, I almost never see any woman that is okay at fifteen hundred calories. Like almost never. I like to see women to be around 2,000 calories. And I'm not even talking about women that are in the gym every day. Like just giving their body what they need. But this also brings us to how bio-individual we all are and how different everyone is. So I may have one client that she does really, really well at 1,800 calories. And she feels good. And she's full. And she's satiated. And she's got good energy. And everything's working well. And then I may have another client that's at 2,400 calories and she's starving all the time and digestion doesn't work right and she's got hormonal imbalances and she's waking up in the middle of the night and all of the... So it it depends on what do you have going on with your your biology. Like is, is that woman having a hard time with um, nutrients, getting nutrients from her food? Is she, is she not eating nutrient-dense food? Maybe she is and she just can't digest it and assimilate it. So her body is running at a deficit all all the time. Maybe, you know, I have, I see a lot of times, especially with my keto clients where women, they, it's trying again, trying to get them out of the calorie mindset and just be like, stop feeling like you need to stay at 1500 calories. Like if you're eating the amount of fat it takes to keep you satiated, you're probably going to blow past that number Mm -hmm. because fat is so, there's so many more calories in in a gram of fat than there is in a gram of a carbohydrate. So it's getting them to understand that the calories really truly don't matter. How do you feel? You know, is you, is, are you feeling full? Are you getting through the day with energy? Are you crashing in the afternoon because you don't have anything left to draw on? If that's happening, you're not eating enough food and or you are not properly digesting or it. Or you may not be running on ketones because those are more sustainable. That's totally you, right. Yeah, because, I mean, from what I've seen, like when I started fasting, the intermittent fasting and doing some of the, you know, I call it like a food binge. That's not the right word for it. But, like, I eat a lot more food on that third meal if I skip the first and second. Mm-hmm. Then that next breakfast and lunch after that i'm not hungry mm-hmm. and it's like normally i would have been starving all night i mean i remember waking up in the middle of the night starving because when i was car burner mm-hmm. i mean i would literally those midnight snacks kind of thing i would literally right. be like i'm gonna get up and i would get a glass of milk or mm-hmm. cottage cheese or i remember i have peanut butter yeah i would wake up in the middle of the night and eat something because i was so hungry mm-hmm. and now it's like i'm at the point where i don't Sometimes I'll wait 12, 18 hours before I'm eating again. Yeah, just naturally. And it's not, I don't 
think about food as much. I mean, yeah, I like to eat like anyone else, but it's not like my obsession all day. Mm-hmm. So, and so with a lot of women, let me finish up with this. With a lot of women too, especially with going keto, it is not uncommon to see a weight gain. So you hear all about these people that get, um, that, that they'll, you know, on this social media, different outlets where they're like, Oh, I, you know, Oh, this is amazing. I've been keto for a month and I've lost 35 pounds and the weight's just falling off. And, and that's awesome. And that does happen for a lot of people. But I think where the discouragement comes in is sometimes you will lose in the beginning, but then you will put on weight. You start gaining weight. And a lot of that, um, I see a lot of that happen when women go keto and they, so they're, they're working really hard on their macros. And so they're doing really good on that, but they're actually kind of calorie restricting because like you were just talking about, you kind of, you get fuller easier. And then maybe you are skipping meals because you are producing ketones and you're like, man, this is awesome. But then you run into that age old problem of your really cat, you start calorie restricting and then your body again starts going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We've got too much, you know, too much going out and not enough coming in. So we're going to have to start holding on to this. And then it can cause them to start gaining weight. You know, I've seen many clients that gain four, five, six, 10 pounds and they're freaking out over it. And I have never seen the answer not be that first of all, we're always working on digestion. So let me say that as a caveat. If your digestion isn't working right, the keto is not going to work right for you. Because if you cannot break down the protein and you cannot emulsify the fat, it's going to it's gonna wreak havoc on your body. But if you've got your digestion down and everything's working properly as far as that goes, if you up your fat, because almost always when they're putting on weight, they're feeling hungry between meals. They may have cravings. That tells you that you are not getting enough food or you're not assimilating enough nutrients from your food. So either your digestion's not working properly or you just aren't eating enough fat. So when I instruct women to add more fat, they freak out because, mm-hmm. because you know, we're, we're thinking, no way, like I'm gaining weight. Are you crazy? Like, why would I add more fat? I'm just going to get fatter. But that's, that is not the way our bodies work. You have to teach your body that there is no famine. It is going to get plenty of what it needs so that it can get to homeostasis. It needs to get, it wants to be at this happy place. It wants to be where, where you don't have all this extra weight. Once it knows that food is coming in and it's plentiful and it doesn't have to worry, it'll start dropping that weight. It's funny because I, you know, I'm not anywhere uh where you are in terms of knowledge of this but i get to hear it every day which is great and i hear you with you know kind of the the client rebuttals and things that are going back and forth so some of this stuff when i hear it at work or you know at the office or other things i'm like i can still give someone just enough where it's like in a like that next step of where they could explore something Mm -hmm. what i've really learned is is that most people are so comfortable even in their discomfort Mm-hmm. So many people are like, you know what? This is just the way I've always done it. I've reached this weight. I've reached this lifestyle. I've reached this energy level. I've reached mm-hmm. this style of eating. I've reached this, you know, uh, habits. And this is a way traditionally my family's always eaten. I mean, there's like 30 different things I can think of. But the problem is that that inertia to overcome and change mm-hmm. that is so difficult yes, for most people. They they might go, wow, this sounds great on paper. Right. And I listen to the podcast. But could I ever actually do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've actually thought about that with other business stuff. Like, wow, there's all these great things I could do. It's like, but I'm kind of in this pattern mm-hmm. that is almost like the longer I'm in it, harder to get out of it. And so I know there's probably a lot of people out there that listen to you that are like, wow, if I could just break through that, you know, that ceiling of achievement to get to that next level, mm-hmm. what would you think the number one um kind of way that people could overcome that inertia of getting stick to get out of their current homeostasis to get out of their current equilibrium to get into a new level what's that number one thing you can recommend to people wow that's a really good question i you know i don't know because i think it's different for every person i think every person has a different reason why they're stuck in what it is they believe and what they've always done so like i've with clients, like I'll have a client that, um, you know, quite often women that I work with, 
like we said, they, you know, we tend to have a background of restriction and thinking that that's what we need to do and staying away from fat, especially women that grew up kind of in my generation, like the last 40, 50 years, eighties and nineties. We have, yeah, we have seventies, eighties, nineties. We have that mentality of, you know, we were, we had low fat, low fat shoved down our throats for 50 years. So I think that is is probably the number one thing that for most women we need to get we need to get away from that. We need to because I'll tell clients this and they will yes, I know, I know, I know, you're right. Yes, I know, I know. And they'll yes, this a great that's a great plan. Yes, okay, I'm going to do that. And then they won't do it. Mm-hmm. Because they heard it, they agree with it. It makes sense. They they I'm telling them biochemically why they need to do this. I'm telling them physically why they need to do this. I'm giving them all the the background as to mm-hmm. why this is going to work. They know that, they hear it, they believe it, but then when it goes they go to implement it. The next time I it talk to them, I'm like, well, where is all that that we talked about? <laughs> well, in our business we say that logic makes you think and emotion makes you act. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, people can be uh, given the best business case of anything that I'm trying to propose to them, but until they have some kind of an emotional tie to it. Yeah. So then our other thing we talk about is in our business is, you know, you've got to have your big why has to be bigger than your, your fear mm-hmm. or where you are currently. So if your big why out there is, I want to live longer for my kids. I want to see my grandchildren get married. I want to go on a cruise in six months and feel good about my body. If you want to, you know, uh, say I want to have more energy. I want to be with my partner more often and have that relationship I've always wanted. There's got to be some big why out there that gets you past that mm-hmm. that breakthrough point. Because yeah. if you don't have that big why, either, I mean, my personal opinion is you're probably maybe selfish, like. You just think, well, who cares? I'm just like this. And I just remember my dad who died at 61 years old mm-hmm. and he just didn't want to change a lot about what he was doing because it was just not comfortable. He didn't want to do it. It was just hard. It took effort. Yeah. He didn't want to and, do it. And here it is. He never got to meet a single one of our kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get real emotional thinking about that sometimes, but I'm like, that was, I mean, literally he never met any of my brother's kids or mm-hmm. my kids. So we have seven kids that he never got to meet. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, that's a big why. Like, I want to be around to see my grandchildren. Yeah. That's one of my big whys. Another one is to see my great-grandchildren. Right. And I want to be a leader in my family. So for me, a big why is if I can stay healthy, and not just healthy for me, healthy for my family, Mm -hmm. I want to provide a good living that supports them all, and I want them to see me as a healthy example so they live that way. Yeah. Because if they look at me every day and go, yeah, he never exercises, he never eats right, he is always, you know, this and that. That's the mentality they're going to grow up with. Right. And see, my dad was kind of opposite. It was like, I looked at him and I was like, I, I want to achieve a next level. I'm going to go a little higher. So I hope they look at me and go, okay, dad, we're going to level up. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Do it. Like, right. Take what I've done as a platform, as a foundation and go to the next level. So my point was going to be is for all your clients out there, it's like finding that big why that mm-hmm. is greater than their fear or greater than their current situation. Yeah. Focusing Which on that. I think that's a really good point. And the other, I think the other thing that people have to overcome a lot is um, what what do they believe? So a lot of people may be listening to this podcast and other podcasts and a lot of my clients as well. And they pick something from this and something Yeah, from that you, something you from hear this. there's so much information out there. There's so much coming in. Even if you are dedicated to keto and you think keto is the way to go, that's what I'm going to do. Still variations there's still of- variations. It's still all over the place. I mean, I'm going to tell you things that you'll hear totally different from some other expert in the area. So I think that it a lot of it is they they may hear what I'm saying, they or what somebody else is saying, but then for the, then they may be in the back of their mind hearing, you know, it's like you have it's like you have the the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. So which one are you? <laughs> I'm the angel, Depends of course. On the <laughs> but seriously, you you know, where they have they have me whispering in their ear or telling them no, it's okay. Eat all the fat. Eat it all. Put all the eat all the fat until you're full. If you want five tablespoons of mayonnaise on your burger, put five tablespoons of mayonnaise on your burger. If that's what's gonna fill you up and make you feel good, do it. Like it's okay. Do it. And then they've got the other person on the other shirt going, no way. Do you know how much fat that is? 
There, you need to go buy low-fat mayonnaise. Right. Yeah. Go buy some low-fat mayonnaise made with canola oil. And don't listen to her when she tells you avocado oil. Do you know how much fat she's telling you to eat? That's ridiculous. You want this other stuff that's low-fat. You've grown up with that, and you've heard your whole life low-fat because it's true. This girl doesn't know what she's eat talking about. Grains. Yes. And so, and so I think there's like this internal turmoil between what they may know and their knower <laughs> is true versus this voice in the back of their head that says, but that's not the way it's always been done. So it's scary. It's scary. You I, know, I, I agree with you. I think I remember this uh, experiment um, that we heard about and it was all these monkeys and the monkeys, um, basically they put a big pack of bananas at the top of the pole. Did, have I told no. you this before? This is really cool. So they, this is a real experiment you can look up. So they put all these, this big hunk of bananas at the top of a pole. So the first monkey climbs up, grabs the bananas, brings it down, and they all eat it. They put in, The next day they put another uh, big pack of uh, bananas at the top of the pole. And this time when they about get to the top, they spray them down with a hose so they can't get up to the top of the pole. So the, the monkey like gets like frazzled and then another one tries it and they spray it down. So then what they do is, the experiment is they start removing one monkey at a time out of, the, out of this group of like 10 monkeys, okay? So what happens is, is this new monkey comes in, and he starts climbing the pole for the bananas, all the other monkeys start pulling him down. Because they're like, you're going to yeah. get sprayed, you're going to get sprayed, you're going to get sprayed. And they, did, they never sprayed the monkeys again. So they slowly, one by one, started removing one of the old monkeys out. So now eight were pulling the two down, and then seven were pulling mm-hmm. the three down. So they got to the point where there were no original monkeys left, and guess what? Not went, one of the monkeys ever went up for the, they to had, the bananas yeah. because that was the tradition. You just don't go up there. No one knew why, and they yeah. stopped spraying it a long time ago, but there's, none of the monkeys would ever even try. That is so fascinating. So, that is pretty much exactly our nutritional guidelines. Because we've been told, avoid that the yes. fat at the top. Like Even the though we found out, it, it is not disputed. There yeah. is no dispute. I mean, you still have like so-called yeah. experts out there yeah. that give people wrong advice. You can listen to plenty of them out there. But there is no dispute scientifically in the fact that fat does not make you fat or the cholesterol bad or the cholesterol myths there's a there if there is so much information out there now and if you're still following that old paradigm you need to stop listening the, to these the people, people immediately right because they're monkeys <laughs> they're, I mean, but but that is fascinating because that is exactly that's our society that's what yeah. we live in I mean that's the, especially when it comes to nutrition I, you follow these things you don't even know why we don't even people don't even know why they think we need to eat low fat. But they're just like, but that's what it is. I know, because somebody said I shouldn't eat fat, fatty foods. Well, there was another story that's really fun. So there was all these frogs, and they're all around this big hole, and it starts raining. And so one of the frogs falls down into the hole. And it's so far down that frog couldn't jump up. So all the all the frogs around the outside are telling the guy, don't even try, don't even try. It's too far, it's too far. And this frog just keeps hopping up. Hopping up, hopping up, hopping up. And it's like two feet deeper than the, the frog could ever jump in its lifetime. So here's the rains coming in, right? So all these frogs are, and this is a, you know, like a, a story, right? So all the frogs keep yelling at the, the frog, like, don't even try, don't even try. And here's a frog's gonna drown, right? So you don't have a choice. So he mustered up all the strength that he has and he leaps higher than any frog has ever leaped before and he gets out of the hole. And so all of them come up to him. They're like, how did you do that? That's amazing. And he goes, and he starts talking kind of funny. He says, I really thank you so much for all the encouragement. And someone looks at him and they said, he's deaf. (laughs) The whole time he thought they were encouraging him to jump up and out of there. And all these frogs were trying to do him to tell him, don't even try. So he, so the the idea is though, is that there are people that in your life are going to encourage you to do something. Mm -hmm. The rest of them are going to be naysayers. Like, don't do this. Don't do this. But turn those things into fuel to jump out of that hole. I love that story because I get to see this frog with a big smile on his face jumping out. <laughs> right. Now, I know frogs don't smile, but in, in my story, they Maybe do. Maybe they do. <laughs> so, so in my opinion, I'm one of those frogs. I'm like, I don't care. what I hear the voices and I hear people. I'm just going to assume they're encouraging me. Right. And it's not a negative thing. Does Good. that make sense? That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, well, hey, I got another question here for you, too. While we're on all the snacks and food, mm-hmm. what about coffee drinks? I know a lot of people love their coffee and they go to starbucks every afternoon they get their 
triple latte, mocha, mm-hmm. frappy, blah, 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 blah. But they make them skinny, right? Is that what they call them? Oh, my them? gosh. I know. Low fat, right? No. Well, I, I think low fat, but then you they can put... add the sugar-free. Oh, okay. So, so let's talk about Ugh. that for a minute because this is important, right? This yeah. is like real life stuff. So this is where when we're talking about the fast food stuff yeah. and this is kind of where, you know, I said I'm kind of in the middle, like, you know, but this is the one where I'm really not in the middle. I'm kind of very much on the side of like avoidance. Yes. Like, and the reason why is first of all, this is not sustenance for your body. <laughs> like you do not need to go to Starbucks and get coffee. And if you need that coffee or you think you do, then you've got other things you need to be working on and that coffee is not going to solve well, let's them. let's not even use the word coffee in general. We're talking about the sweetened fat. Right. Like, like the sweetened flavored, all that kind right. of stuff. So that, so number one, that's my biggest issue is if you want to go get a coffee just because you like to have Starbucks coffee, fine. I don't have a problem with that. I drink coffee, but but feeling like you need it and that's your fuel source, or you're gonna like fall asleep in the afternoon, or that's the only way you can get going in the morning, then I think you really need to take a step back and try to work on some other things, namely digestion and sleep, to figure out why do you need that coffee. But let's go beyond that. Let's say you're just a person that wants the Starbucks coffee, and you're like, listen, I love. I don't. I've never ordered any of this stuff, so people are probably gonna be like, she doesn't even know what she's talking about, because I don't know what they're called. It's grande, skinny mocha, vent, whatever. I don't even know. But what I do know is that they offer these sugar-free, um, these sugar-free syrups. syrups that you can put in to flavor them. Uh, like what do they have? Caramel or vanilla, or they have all these different. Now I have never looked at the ingredients of those, <laughs> right? Whatever. They, they had like a unicorn yeah, flavored yeah. coffee or whatever. I can't even imagine the amount of dyes and chemicals Probably that were in that drink. Yeah. I'm sure there is. So anyway, my take on that stuff is very different than, oh, it's okay in moderation. I don't think it's okay in any in any amount. I, I the, First of all, I don't know what the ingredients are in their sugar-free syrups. I can only imagine, based on sugar-free syrups that I am familiar with, and the ones that I, that I know of that are used in those type of environments are not the high quality, um, you know, sweetened with something natural like stevia. They are typically um, some kind of chemical sweetener that's used. And then they have um, other artificial flavors, flavoring, and which are all chemical. And of course, if you're getting the St. Patty's Day one and all this stuff, they're using artificial colors. This is all stuff that is terrible for your body what do you think like the peppermint flavor is when it's all pink i mean that's food dye right it's all food dye and there's no peppermint in that you know if you want peppermint coffee get some essential oils and put a couple drops in your coffee so i don't have a problem with the cream i mean if you and again i'm not i'm not a starbucks connoisseur so i don't know what kind of cream they have there my assumption would be is that it's from commercially raised cows and it's you know, probably got all kinds of issues and hormone, you know, regular, you know, dysregulating, destructive things in it. But, um, you know, if you like coffee with cream, I don't have a problem with that at all. Just use a high quality grass fed, heavy, heavy whipping cream, put that in your coffee that, I mean, that's, I don't, I drink coffee black now, but if I was, if I was into having my coffee like that, I don't think that's a problem. Well, for me, like, and I put a video out, I don't know, a year ago mm-hmm. when you first started doing this. On I've had a lot of people actually contact me and say that that was so they loved that because it gave That's them cool. some ideas and they love their coffee. And actually, you know what? Honestly, that I like the lattes. I like the mm-hmm. mouth feel of a Yeah, thick, you like the frothy. Frothy yeah. kind of thing. So what I had to do is, okay, how do I uh, reverse engineer this? So I actually used um, the, uh, I've used a few variations, but there's a video out there. But I've used, uh, I like the, um, like a keto protein powder. I call it a protein powder because most people know what that is. Right. Kind of like a shake. Yeah. I use a scoop of that and about, you know, two cups of coffee in a blender. And then I'll put in some extra uh, fat in there. So I'll use like an MCT oil. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I'll put a little dash of cinnamon, like a real ground fine cinnamon mm-hmm. powder in there. Another thing that's really good to put in there, I think you've done before, and I know I've done when making something like that, is the um, the vital proteins, collagen, yeah. peptides. Put, and Those that are kind really of thickens good. it up mm-hmm. a little bit. So mm-hmm. basically, if you think about it, like really the mouthfeel that you're looking for in a latte is kind of that thick, kind of um, creamy, buttery taste. And sometimes I'll throw a little bit of heavy whipping cream in there too. Mm-hmm. But honestly, my lattes are better than... 
any Starbucks. I mean, I can I'd challenge somebody side by side <laughs> if you and then knowing that it's 100% keto and you're getting some good healthy mm-hmm. fats in there, it's actually pretty awesome. So yeah, and you've used the um, you've used the bulletproof like chocolate powder too, like. You've done, I know you've done that before. And, and then if you wanted, you know, if you're a person that, that feels like you need some kind of sweet in your coffee, you can always get, they've got these flavored stevia drops. So you can get just like a drop or two. Yeah. Like I think it like probably a drop, maybe two. Cause that's super high powered stuff. And you, you know, honestly, if you get a couple of these, um, keto powders that you, they have mm-hmm. a little bit of the sweetener yeah. in them already. And honestly, that's this. I mean, I like sweet stuff. I always have, and I'm doing better now over the last year. But every now and then, I have to have a little sweet here mm-hmm. and there, and it's just my mental thing, probably. But so that is enough to satisfy me a lot of times in the mornings. Now in the afternoons, um, you know, an iced black coffee kind of thing at one of Starbucks. Like there are some decent choices there too. Yeah. Or you could bring your cream. With yeah, you. I mean, you can do. You know, I don't. I don't think in general Starbucks coffee is probably you know the best quality coffee to be drinking. There's probably not. It's probably not the best quality coffee at about any place that you would go to get it. Um, I'm pretty particular about making sure that I'm buying coffees that are really low on you know mitotoxins and they you know, are organic and all that kind of thing. So I try to, to stick to that, but you know, yeah, if you're, you're at Starbucks and you're getting a coffee or whatever, yeah, just get, there's iced coffee. You can get black coffee. You can, you know, cold brew. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's options, but I'd just be real cautious about eating these things, drinking these things that have all these artificially sweetened and flavored things. So, all right. Well, you want me to get to a couple of listener questions? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about, um, so, well, so let, so let's just kind of wrap this part up yeah. with, cause people were, cause one of the things where they wanted to know, what do we eat and, okay. and what do our kids eat and what do we feed our kids? So we did the so, fast food part. Yeah. Of so we kind of did that. Um, and then what you can pack, like you do like a lot of, yeah. Things. So, do that one real quick. Okay. So every morning I pack, uh, I do pack my kids lunch. If I'm real ambitious, I'll do it the night before, which is really smart, but, uh, I'm not always that ambitious. So I'll pack those in the morning. Um, my kids like different things, so it just depends on which one, but in general, it's things like, uh, they love salami, cheese sticks, lunch meat. Um, you know, I make sure to buy, I love the Applegate organics lunch meat. So, um, I'll pack them that. And we, as a family don't eat, uh, lunch meats and cold cuts any other time. So I don't think that cold cuts are like the optimal thing to be eating, but I think when compared to other options my kids could have during the day for lunch at school, they're going to be just fine. So I just buy the highest quality ones of those that I can. Of course, no nitrates added or anything like that. Um, so I'll do that. Uh, I buy them uh, cheese sticks. We like the Organic Valley cheese sticks. Um, let's see. You can get um, hard-boiled eggs and pack them hard-boiled eggs. Um Let's see. Uh, I'm just trying to think of some of the other things that they like to pack in their lunch. Um, they like raisins. I'll pack them raisins, grapes, apple slices. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting so many things. So just just different things like that. And so I essentially I just stay away from packing them things like chips and just a lot of carbohydrates because that's just going to spike their blood sugar and then they're going to crash during the middle of their school day when they really need to be thinking clear. Um, oh, I know those fat snacks cookies. Yeah. They really I, love I'm those. I'm a big fan of those. Whoever are listening, I, yeah. I like those too. I'm, I'm a cookie monster. I've always been my whole life. So when I can find a keto cookie that actually tastes like a real yeah. cookie, I'm like, score. Right. So a girlfriend of mine turned me on to those that's also keto. So, um, so I, I don't know a whole lot about that company, but fat snacks is what they're called. I'll put a link in the show notes to that. And then the no better cookies. My kids like those. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure exactly on how I feel about those cookies, but we will cut those in half and then they, they have half too. of that. Yeah. They're gigantic. They're like double the size. Of um, so just some things like that, that you can pack, um, carrots, uh, broccoli with some ranch dressing. Um, we like the primal kitchen avocado ranch, those types of things. And that, you know, and one of the things that I think we get caught up in as parents with kids, especially if we're keto and we're trying for our kids to be keto, 
we have to remember that kids can handle so many more carbohydrates than we can and actually still stay in ketosis. They are, I mean, they're, they're, they're not broken yet. For the majority of them, they're not broken and they have a lot better insulin sensitivity. And so they, and they can burn right through those carbs and go right back to fat burning like it's nothing. So, so don't be afraid of things like carrots and grapes and apples in, you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't feed them it all, you know, grapes and apples all day long, but you know, berries, things like that. That's, that is perfectly fine for kids. Well, I think too, kids like to graze. And especially when we have, we have five kids and they are all in the kitchen all day, like because between yes. the five of them, they're all hungry all the time. Right. So, um, one of the things I, I've liked that you've done is you usually will say, okay, here's kind of the stuff that you guys can get to any time of the day. Yep. It's the high fiber stuff. It's the stuff that's kind of like higher fat and all mm-hmm. that. And they can come in and like have a cheese stick, have yogurt or whatever. Right. And then you don't have to like regulate them constantly. And I think there's a fatigue factor that goes into parenting. Mm-hmm. It's like when they come in, I don't know if you've told them they can have this or they've already had a snack or it's like, if there's like some free like options for them, they can start making their own choices. Yes. I think for any parent out there, no matter how many kids you have just having one section of the pantry or fridge that says okay here are the things you can eat anytime you never have to ask right and our kids have been really good over the years about asking permission to have food like it's like kind of like a hey is it okay if i have this yes. instead of just grabbing stuff mm-hmm. and i don't know if we've trained them that way or if they're just yeah i've kind of been a stickler about that over the years but i do have to say that when they are when they were eating a lot more sugar and they were carb burners so if your kids are like that they are going to want to snack all day long because they're constantly trying to stoke that fire because it burns out really quickly. And so they're going to be constantly coming in for chips and cheese crackers and cookies and candies and, and, you know, cereal and all, and our kids were there and they did all that stuff. So when, you know, when we kind of switched over to this more whole foods, keto leaning for the kids, um, then we're, then, then I'm much more like, okay, here's a list of things that you guys, you know, listen, you don't have to ask me if you, if you're hungry, eat, you can eat these things. Cause I know that it's good protein source. It's a good fat source. It's not highly processed. It's from, uh, you know, if it's, if it's a processed animal product, I know it's from a really good animal source. So those are the things that they're allowed to have. And, and I don't restrict those. And it has cut down on the snacking significantly. So then, okay, so we talked about snacks, talked about the fast food. Did you want to go into uh, kind of some meals that you are standby, five meals kind of thing? Okay, so our standby five meals, I would say we do, um, yes, there's probably four or five I can think of off the top of my head. Cheeseburger night. So they always want cheese. They want cheeseburgers like six nights a week. So we buy uh, we buy patties from a, a local farm that we belong to a to a, a you know, like a, a, a CSA, like a shared um, meat thing. You know, we pay our share and then we can go pick up what we want. So I buy those and we ha- all pretty much always have those in the freezer. So we'll grill those up really quick um, and eat those. So we have cheeseburger night and not a lot. We will eat cheeseburgers. Um, now I give my kids buns. So if they want their cheeseburger on a bun, they get to have a bun. Like I, that's fine. Um, and then some of us do not eat them because we've got some kids that are gluten-free and then Derek and I just do not eat bread. So we, I make uh, keto bread that we will put them on or we will eat them in a lettuce wrap or we'll just cut them up and eat them with veggies on our plate and then i always just make a side of different sides of vegetables depending on what everybody eats okay and then uh, and then we eat um the spaghetti squash bake that's a popular one I here that, yes. i know um let's see roast we buy roast and i'll cook a roast pork and then or... put some root vegetables in yeah either pork or beef um, we'll do that and then we'll do like cauliflower mash with it and things like that. There's always a ton of veggies at our house as sides. We just, there's always a ton. Broccoli, you, cauliflower, Brussels. Do, I love the one of my staple meals you make is the steak and yeah. uh, the veggies. Yeah, so we'll veggies. just make, uh, again, grass fed, grass finished steak. Um, typically a ribeye and then we will all saute up whatever veggies I have on hand but in general it's usually broccoli cauliflower brussels sprouts and saute those up in some bacon fat and that is just an awesome meal um and chili 
Chili. Yep. I, I make a chili, chili and I just don't use beans in it. So you can easily make a keto chili with no beans and it's awesome. I just put extra meat in there and it's just really good. And the kids, for whatever reason, half of them will not eat chili. Like, yeah, and I know. We've tried weird. for years and I love chili. So mm-hmm. like I'll eat all that leftovers for the next three days. Yeah. And then we usually until make... you tell me to stop eating. <laughs> yeah. And then we usually make a keto bread with that and then we'll... That's butter, butter, butter. Butter, 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 butter on that with some, with some chili that's I mean, I'll so have, good. I'll have a... Like it looks like a, about a biscuit's worth of bread. Yeah. And then I'll have about a biscuit's worth of butter on it. Yeah. And then so on those nights, the one... The kids that don't like the chili, they generally have cheeseburgers. <laughs> so... Um, so that, yeah, I mean, that's, so that's that's, that's some good ones. ones. That's a big. We I, I do a lot of like chicken thighs where I'll um, yeah. d- cook chicken thighs in a skillet and like some avocado oil. Or breakfast for dinner night. Yes, like, breakfast for dinner night. That. We'll do yes. the eggs, bacon, sausage. Yep. Uh, that's you, awesome. You some Love spinach. that. Mm-hmm. You like the sautéed spinach too? We add that into some. Yeah, I yeah. Wish we do that well, more and often, fish. So. That's another one we do. We try to have fish night because the Once kids like fish. So and we like it. So I'll do um, salmon and then some kind of white fish for you. And, uh, and we, I almost always do sauteed spinach with that cause it's awesome with fish. So yeah, so that's pretty, that's pretty much it. Um, pretty easy. So you just kind of come up with those things, make those. And if you kind of plan out your week, you can make those things and, and then eat on that for like the next day or some things you can take and then, you know, put that into another meal for the next day. And we do a lot of like leftover nights where we'll have had maybe I cooked a meal two or three nights in a row and then we still have leftovers from those meals and we'll just have that that next night we're just like okay we're just going to eat everybody have at it what do you want you know we've got roast in here we've got uh, pasta bake or you know the the spaghetti pasta bake and then we've got um, some cheeseburgers so everybody have at it <laughs> yeah and usually the nights I have to take over it's like Jesse's like, hey, just go in the fridge and just pull out all the leftover containers yep. and let the kids just kind of heat up what they want. That's mm-hmm. my favorite kind of cooking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not good at it any other way. It's easy. So we're running up on time here. We we're at um we're already about fifty minutes in. So we're gonna have to plow through this really quick. Okay, let's do one listener question then here. Yeah, let's do one. Um yeah, let's let's talk about this one because um okay. she's been kind of waiting. Okay, let's go with uh from Cecilia. Uh it says detoxin with Ben tonight. Good morning, Jessica. Can you do a podcast on detoxing? I was just wondering how many times one should do pulling for detox. One should do pulling for detox per week or any other info you could share on a podcast. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so I uh, got back with Cecilia and um, tried to clarify exactly what she was talking about. Because if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I have talked about um, about detoxing with... with a couple of different things like bentonite clay, that type of thing. But I've also talked about oil pulling and they are two different things. Um, so I, I just wanted to clarify that she was, I, I believed that she was talking about both things and just kind of got a little bit muddled in that email. And so, yes, she clarified that she was actually, she meant two different things. So, um, so real quick, I guess I just want to touch on, on, how I feel about detoxification in general. So when I talk about detoxing with bentonite clay, for instance, I'm not talking about like, um, like detoxing in the way we think about like a cleanse, like a juice cleanse or, a you know, all these cleanses, you know, you can, you can get these packages or these different products that are like cleansing for your body. Especially, I guess the layman's way I look at cleansing is it's like, uh, it's kind of like this, um, evacuation model where you're basically going into all your internal organs and you're kind of like flushing out whatever bad is in there. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, the layman's version of right. how I think about detoxing. Well, and that's, that's exactly how they market it. That's how they want you to think about okay, it. So that's how I think. Right. About it. Right. And so, and so that's, that's, that's how it's marketed. But a true detox is, um, there is a true detox that you can do. And, and what you want to do is a liver detox. Um, our liver has a phase one and phase two detoxification process. And you don't need to buy any product or any cleanse, uh, juice or anything like that for it to happen. Um, that's built in. Our bodies do that. Um, but what we do have to do is we have to provide our body with 
the right cofactors so that it can do this detoxification of our liver. And it is very important that, that our liver is able to do this detoxification, both phases, as both phases require different things. And the problem that we run into in today's society is, especially if you're eating a standard American diet and kind of eating the way most of us do and taking prescription drugs the way many of us do, our liver gets so congested and then we're not providing it with the proper cofactors to do the detoxification. And so it's never able to properly detox. It may be able to do one or the other, but it has to be able to do two. And it has to be able to do both in the correct order. So that's where we kind of get mixed up. And so I just wanted to make sure that I am not feeding into that when I say a detox with bentonite clay. So for instance, if we're talking about the bentonite clay, like I actually just finished uh, eight ounces of it here as we were doing this podcast, because for whatever reason, um, last night I had a horrible night's sleep and felt very, very sick. I had a terrible headache. Um, don't, I have no idea. I still don't know what set it off. I don't know what's going on. I'm still feeling like fragile this morning. Um, never actually got sick, but I felt like I was going to. And then I had to, I had a, um, muffins with mom at the school, at the elementary school that I attended with my daughter this morning. And I sat there drinking the water, like, oh my gosh, like I just feel really not good. So whatever happened, I don't know if I ate something that was bad yesterday or I had a little bug, but, but I know that bentonite clay, which we've talked about before on here is very helpful in helping to kind of clear out, um, your digestive tract and helping to get rid of any pathogens that might be there, might, might be in, in there. So what I did when I came home is mixed up my bentonite clay water and drank that down. And I already feel better. So, um, so we talked about before, so bentonite clay can help do many, many things that help support digestion. It works like a sponge. So it will actually, um, kind of soak up any of these, these things that shouldn't be in your gut. It will, it will grab a lot of those of bacteria and pathogens and whatnot, and basically help you to eliminate them. It does help with cleansing the liver and the colon. Um, it also can help provide some trace minerals that, that we need in our diet and we often don't get. So that can help in supporting your liver detoxification. So, um, it does help with these things, but, but just drinking bentonite clay is not a way to detox your body or to do that. So just to answer her question, I did let her know, yes, here's how I would do the bentonite clay. So I've talked about it before, but I put about a teaspoon in about six to eight ounces of water. I shake it up um, really well. You need to never use metal. So no metal containers, no metal spoons to mix it. You just put it in. I put it in one of these. I think I got it from Smoothie King. It's just one of these little um, kind of shaker cups with a lid. It's all plastic and I just shake it up. Um, really well. And then I drink that. So you can also use it for, for pulling. If you want, you can mix some of that up, put it in your mouth, swish it around, um, like you would any other mouthwash. So again, it'll do the same thing that it does in your gut and it'll pull those, any bacteria that should not be in your mouth. It'll pull that out and help you get rid of it. But her other question was the oil pulling. How often should you do the oil pulling? So with the bentonite clay or the oil pulling, either one, um, you can do that every day if you want to do it. Um, the coconut oil is what I typically use for oil pulling, however. So I will take about a tablespoon of that and swish it around in my mouth for um, usually while I'm getting ready to go out or in the morning to go to work or do whatever. So I'll do it for like 10 to 20 minutes and you want to do it pretty vigorously and then spit that into the trash can when you're done. Do not spit that down your sink and, and then that's it. Then I usually kind of brush my teeth a little bit and, and rinse my mouth out just because I don't love the, the taste of the, the oily taste on my, my teeth. But, um, but that's really, really good for, again, helping to clear any bacteria out. That coconut oil, the longer you do it, the better it's going to be, especially if you have any kind of pain in your teeth or sensitivity. That could just be bacteria and infection in your gums, like underneath any kind of dental work you've had. And that coconut oil, when you're doing oil pulling like that, that will absolutely help you to clear that up. So that's excellent. Um, but just to talk a little bit about 
about our liver and doing a liver detoxification because she did ask if I could talk a little bit about that about that. So, um, so our liver does have two phases of detoxification, and I am not going to go into much detail here because we, we're short on time, but basically there are required nutrients for each phase. So your first phase, you have required nutrients are folic acid, B3, B6, B12, vitamin A, vitamin C, calcium, D3, vitamin E, milk thistle, and acetylcysteine. And um, there's a couple others that could be in there and considered um, as required nutrients. Then there is a phase two. So um, calcium, glucurate, um, then you have amino acids, L-glutamine, L-cysteine, glycine, L-carnitine, and taurine. Those are all needed. And then you need sulfur metabolites, so from like cruciferous vegetables, um, MSM, and N-acetylcysteine. Those are all things that are required nutrients. So we're supposed to be able to get those from our diet, and you shouldn't have to do anything special to be able to get those. You just have to make sure that your digestion's good and that you're getting um, good nutrients and you're being able to use those. So what happens is, so we have these toxins that come into our body in all these different ways. Like I, you know, we were just talking about, um, it can be foods that you're eating. It can be your, um, prescription drugs are huge for, you know, for having these, um, uh, these toxins, bringing these toxins into your body, um, NSAIDs and other like over-the-counter pain medications, things like that that you take. So all this stuff has to go through your liver to be detoxified. But if these pathways aren't working correctly, then your liver is going to be unable to do these detoxifications. But you need to have the step one and then the step two and then our these waste products after our body um, kind of renders these useless, then they go out through the gallbladder, bile, um, kidneys, our urine, that type of thing. So, um, so what happens is our phase one detoxification uses these enzymes and nutrients, and it you know it it gets rid of these toxins, the uh, any hormones that we've used, which that's another big one. A lot of women um, are finding themselves estrogen dominant because our estrogen is not being detoxed and moved out of the body, so it's just getting recirculated back through. Um, these prescription drugs, the food additives we were talking about, you know, why you, you got to be careful with things like um, unicorn coffee. So all of these types of things. Um, the goal of that phase is it starts to neutralize all those toxins and then moves them into like a, what's a water-soluble compound so that we're able to get them out of the body. But we need to keep in mind that that is just phase one. So after that, we have to have phase two step in. So phase two starts as soon as phase one is over, and then that is the part that actually takes it out of our body. It actually further neutralizes them and, and ex escorts them out. So that part is super important. So really quick, some of the things that can help drive phase one detoxification, you want to look for things like fruits. Um, organic fruits are great and vegetables. Those help with that um, detoxification. You want to have vitamins, uh, or I'm sorry, fruits that are high in vitamin C as well. That's super helpful. Beets are amazing for helping with liver detox. Um, they also help to thin your bile, which allows your body to detox much more efficiently. That's also very super helpful with digestion, is if you've got stagnant bile flow and bile that's just like gunked up and not working properly, then you're not going to be able to uh, get things out with your digestion either. So it's very important to be able to do this. You're, if your liver doesn't, isn't able to put it anywhere because it doesn't have this good bile flow, you're not going to be able to get it out. So um, those are super helpful. Um, proteins, you know, it, proteins actually drive this phase two process. So it's super important to be getting good protein sources because we need a good amino acid balance to be able to help this. So um, getting things like not just animal meats, but also things like eggs and fish and gelatin from animals. So I'm a big proponent of bone broth. I talk about that all the time. You're going to get a lot of the things you need for detoxification are going to be in bone broth. Um, even in good grass-fed raw milk and cheeses would be a good way. And of course, organ meats. So, and if you don't like organ meats, guys, then you can go with, um, what is the name of that, of that one that I take? There's a, there's a pill, Vital Proteins, I yeah, think, I the beef liver. Yeah, it's Vital Proteins. 
um, they make a beef liver supplement and I take that now um, to help me with the liver detoxification. I think that's a, a huge deal. So, um, so anyway, it's just really important. I just want to impress upon you guys how important it is to make sure that you're getting all of these different nutrients and that you're getting them through your food. And that's truly detoxification of your body. Your, your liver is your, your liver and your kidneys are really your main detoxification organs. And, uh, the liver just does so much to help clear all of these toxins out of your body. So it's really important to help to, to drive that process and help support your liver in that. Sounds good. So, All right. Yep. So I guess for today, I guess we should call it a day. And uh, yep, let's call it a day. And then uh, I'm really excited. That I get to you know have some uh, good discussion with you today, and hopefully uh, I'll be back next week. Yeah, I think so. And so I am getting ready to leave. I leave tomorrow morning for DC and to the NTA um, midterms and uh, next workshop weekend. So. The rest of the day today, I've got to really get myself packed and ready to go and get out of here and um, hit the books a little bit more. I keep studying. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I'm so. going to miss you, of course. And I got the fort down here with the five kids. So let's. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have some fun. Oh, I'll bet. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's all we have for this week. I hope that was helpful and uh, we gave you guys some good, fun keto talk. And um, I guess we will talk to you guys next week. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye. Go leave mommy a five-star review. <laughs> Thanks for listening to my mommy and daddy. This episode of Keto Lifestyle was brought to you by Mobile Mutations. Mobile Mutations is an app development, software development company based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, that is able to evolve your ideas to the next level. Whether you're a small business or a large corporation looking to get app ideas, or put together a new portfolio for your online presence, please visit the website at mobilemutations.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode.